Good morning, Greater Alton. What's up? If you don't know me, my name is Nate, and I'm not normally up here. So you might be thinking, well, what are you doing here? Anyway, today we're starting a new series. It's called Get Off the Bench. And um, I didn't come up with that. At first, when I saw the Bolton cover, I thought, it looks like I'm mad. Like, get off the bench! Like, you know, like something like that. But it's that's not how I feel. I didn't make it up. It's not me. And uh, just kind of looking at the picture, you know, there's... Sometimes we just, you know, we just want to take a, take a minute, take a rest. You know, we're tired, we're worn out, and we need a break. And, uh, but today we're talking about how to get off the bench or like just, just being, a, being active. And I'm specifically talking about giving myself to ministry. Um, you know, growing up in church, I got to watch a lot of different things, uh, play out and different people, uh, their, you know, their lives would transform and change. And then you get to see them, uh, become somebody that would lead people. And, and be, be an influential uh, member of, of the church and uh, be used in that way. Um, and as I've grown up, um, somehow they conned me into doing campus ministry. And uh, and I was thinking about it. It's been over 10 years now. And I was praying with the worship team, and I jokingly said, well, I only signed on for five years, so I don't know why why I'm still here. Uh, I never got an extension, you know. But, uh, <laughs> but, but just, just uh, thinking about the campus ministry and how much, like, it's just been a huge blessing to Nicole and I and our family. We've been able to give our lives, um, to college students, fill our home, uh, on a weekly basis, sometimes more than once or twice, maybe three times a week, uh, we'll have people in our home. And, um, but part of the reason we've chosen to give our life to this kind of a ministry is because, of course, we've been there, but but it's a bigger picture than that. You know, whenever you think about your life as a college student, there's a lot of decisions you have to make. You have to decide what you're going to be when you like. Now that you're growing up, you're at this stage in your life. You've got to figure out, okay, what am I going to be? And I found a stat that uh, I've shared with the with the with Crosschat one time. It said 75% of American college students either enter college as undecided, or they change their major at some point. You know, that's a pretty high percentage. People don't know what they want to be. You know, you're asked as a little kid, what do you want to be when you grow up, little Billy? And, and you know, sometimes you got an answer, I want to be an astronaut. But whenever you actually get to that point in your life, you're like, man, I really don't know. Um, a lot of people have no clue uh, what they want to be. They Maybe they just haven't thought about it that deeply. Um, another stat that I found was 77% of Americans who become Christians make that decision before their 21st birthday. And it's pretty obvious that a lot of choices are being made during your college years. You can think about your college years, you know, that time in your life. You, you had to discover who, who you were going to be, what kind of man or woman you were going to be, what kind of husband or wife you were going to be, what kind of parent um, you were going to be as you were growing up. You had, you, had to, you had to decide some things about the future. And, uh, and before you start, you know, rolling your eyes and think, oh crap, here comes Nate, he's gonna ask for more money for the campus ministry, or hey, f- feed this poor college student, you know, have him over, you know, let him wreck your house for a night, and I'll talk to you about it in a- another year. Um, before you start thinking that, this, this lesson is not about, uh, coming and serving in the campus ministry. I don't want 20 people, um, bombard me after, uh, service and asking, hey, when's Cross Chat this week? Um, that's not what I'm asking. Uh, today we're just talking about giving yourself to ministry. There are some benefits uh, whenever you give yourself to ministry, um, and yeah, it can be taxing. It can be you can get weary sometimes, and it can be t- and it, it can be tough. But there's some benefits that outweigh all of those uh, things that would discourage me from giving up. Um, here's a verse I want to start with in Romans chapter 12. 
uh, verse 1, it says, So brothers and sisters, since God has shown us great mercy, I beg you to offer your lives as a living sacrifice to Him. Your offering must be only for God and pleasing to Him, which is the spiritual way for you to worship. And, you know, this morning, you know, we get together to worship God and we, and we get together to, to fellowship and just thinking about, like, really the, the real way to worship God is to offer my life, to give myself to the process, to give myself to how God wants to use me. Um, whenever you made that decision to become a disciple, it was no longer about you. It was no longer about what you wanted. It was about what God wanted. And um, and that's what we're kind of talking about today. You know, I, I started thinking about, uh, you know, last night, the married couples, marriage street this, this last weekend. Yeah. Woot, woot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we went to the Cardinal game, and of course they lost, and that's not fun. But uh, I was thinking about, um, and if you're not a sports guy, you know, or a girl, that's fine. But uh, in sports, sometimes they'll call people up. You know, they'll, they'll ask somebody from, like, the developmental leagues to come up and play. And uh, just how, like... We have players on the Cardinals that they'll call up and then they just never use them. They just sit on the bench the whole time and then they just send them right back down. And uh, that's not how our relationship with God should be. God, God never intended for you to sit on a bench. Never intended you to be in a developmental league. He wants to use you now. He, he can use you now if you let Him. And I just, as we're starting, I want you to think about like, you weren't chosen by God to sit around and do nothing. You were chosen by God to be active and for Him to let, and, and for Him to use you. Um, so, why should I give myself to ministry? I've got a couple things. Um, when I give myself to ministry, the first thing I know is God will stretch my faith. And you can think, you know, if you've ever given yourself to somebody or served somebody, it, it can be uncomfortable. It can, it, it's not fun sometimes. It, it'll cost you something. And, and you just think about how it, sometimes it's gonna stretch my faith. I've gotta be, I've gotta become something that I'm not. In order to let God use me, I've got to I've got to work on myself. You know, I I thought about different changes. You know, in life, you know, you go through puberty, and your voice will change, your you know your body changes. I'm not going to get too far into it, but uh, <laughs> you know, there, there's a lot of changes you go through um, as you're growing up in that time. And but in order to go through that uncomfortable stage to be stretched, it's for growth. It's for maturity. It's for something that's much better than just that moment. Um, in Romans chapter 5, it says, We also have joy with our troubles. So we, we have joy when we stretch. We have, we have joy when we go through something that, that changes us. It says, Because we know that these troubles produce patience, and patience produces character, and character produces hope, and this hope will never disappoint us because God has poured out His love to fill our hearts. When God stretches you, it's going to produce something. There's going to be a fruit in your life that, that is produced because God is trying to stretch you and grow you. Um, I, just, I just thought of different reasons God wants to stretch us. It, it's to grow us, like I said. It's also to restore us. You know, maybe there's something in your life that it's uncomfortable to, to be around this environment and I don't like it, but God wants to restore a purpose in your heart or, or, or just restore like a, like a passion that you once had or something like that. I thought about in Mark chapter 3, uh, Jesus finds the guy with the shriveled hand. If you, if you ever read this this uh, this uh, passage. But he, he says, stretch out your hand. And then the guy stretched it out and, and uh, his hand was restored. And just think about how uncomfortable that would be. And there's parts of our lives that are uncomfortable. And we don't want to 
you know, uh, I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't like people. You know, have you ever felt that way? I don't, I just don't like people. Well, maybe God wants to stretch you so you can learn to like people like Jesus did. Maybe it's something like that. Um, check out this verse in First uh, Peter. It says, in his kindness, God called you to show, uh, I'm sorry, to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, just a little while, catch that? You know, whenever we're suffering, whenever we're in turmoil, we think it's, it's never going to end. This is forever. No, he says just for a little while, he will restore you. He will support you. He will strengthen you. And then it says, He will place you on a firm foundation. Because we go through these times of stretching, we're able to build a foundation that will last. But if we don't let God stretch us, if we don't give ourselves to the process, what's our foundation going to be? It's not going to be very strong. Um, I thought about this idea, you know, uh, this idea of like, Comfort. You know, you've heard people, well, you're just comfortable. And, uh, I think there's two different kinds of comfortable. So just follow me here. Um, you know, you've got your, you've got people that are comfortable because they're, you know, they're complacent. They've become, they're okay with the way things are. They're, they're, they've settled for how life is and they're just okay with it. But there's another kind of comfortable that I think God wants us to be. And it's, it's at peace. And it's a comfortableness that comes from confidence in God. And if you're not careful, you can fall into the other one. But it's important, you know, to be able to say, I can go through this because God has my back. That kind of comfortable attitude, that kind of confidence in God that I know I can take this. I know I can get through this. And He has a greater plan and a greater purpose in what's going on at peace. Just that sense of peace. Um, so not only will, will God stretch my faith, God, whenever I give myself, God will also Use my testimony. And you can probably think about uh, the people that poured into you whenever you came to church the first time or, or the people that shared their life and uh, and their story. Or you've heard uh, somebody's story up here on stage and you're like, man, that's a crazy story. Like, how did God dig them out of that hole? You know, I, I, I'm so blessed. My uncle's been through crazy things uh, and he continues to fight through it. You know, even with Steph passing, like, I'm watching him. His testimony speaks so loud to me. And, uh, and just lets me know that it's going to be okay. Um, but a testimony can be powerful, right? You would agree. Um, just reading it, you know, just reading the Bible sometimes isn't good enough, but to have an actual example in your life where somebody's been through something and been stretched, it's, it, it can be really powerful. Um, here's a verse in chapter uh, of 1 of, of 1 John. It says, We saw it. We heard it. And now we're telling you so you can experience it along with us. This experience of communion with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, our motive is simply this. We want you to enjoy this too. Your joy will double our joy. And maybe you can remember a time when God used your testimony, when God used your story to help somebody else. I've asked Coral Kimball to come up here. Coral, uh, she's been somebody, and she'll probably talk about it, but she's been given back to the campus ministry for a long time. And I kind of wanted her to just kind of talk about why she's decided to do that, and uh, what it means to her. Uh, hello, everyone. I started coming to church through the campus ministry a long time ago. You know, to give you an idea, I was baptized the day Nathan was born. 
So we're kind of twins in a way, but, uh, you know, so I have that connection. But, um, you know, when I was a college student, you know, moving away from home for the first time, living with total strangers, not knowing what I wanted to do with my life, you know, the church reached out to me and the campus ministry reached out to me. And it wasn't just the college students, but it was the adults in my life that opened their homes and shared their lives with me and let me live with them. You know, that really made a difference in my life. And it was just a big family. When my ex-husband and I bought our house in Edwardsville, one of the things that we thought of was we're buying this house to use for the kingdom, to use for the campus ministry, because he was uh, part of the campus ministry also. And um, so we lived there a couple of years, and then he left. And so I was sitting there as a single mom, and I... I didn't forget my purpose, you know, even though I was going through a really hard time, I was like, we bought this house to serve the campus, and so at some point in time in there, I just invited them over. I decided to do uh, food before finals, and I just invited the kids over, because I know college students, they don't eat very well, and to take final exams, you need food to be able to think and, you know, anyway. So I thought, I'm going to feed them so they can study and they can do well on their tests. And uh, it just has grown from there. It, then now it turns into just a party. <laughs> you know? So hopefully they're studying and at some point in time. But, um, you know, I just I love sharing my life with these kids and showing them what it's like to be an adult in the world and that you can Awesome. Give her a hand, guys. Yeah, it's been it's been a long time, and she's been she's decided to give back to the ministry that God uses to change your life. And I think that's really cool. You know, you, again, you think about people that have testimonies that have touched your life, and uh, one of the things Coral makes a point to do it's not just a party, it's not just a hangout. I mean, yeah, that's part of it, but she's also looking for ways to share her life and to make a connection because, like she said, she remembers that moment in her life uh, when things got turned upside down. Um, I also thought about Paul. You know, he says, uh, God, you know, God sent us onto this earth to save sinners of who I'm the worst. And basically he's saying, look, if he can work in my life, he can definitely work in yours. You know, I was out, I thought I was right with God and I was killing Christians and doing all these things. And then I found out, man, I was totally wrong. And if he, and if he can change me, he can change you. Um, so I guess my question is, is God using your testimony? Are you allowing him into that part of your life to to, to use it? Because um, God wants to stretch you. He and, and in fact, if, when you give yourself fully, he will stretch you and he will use your testimony. Now I want to talk about what happens. Uh, like, how can I prepare myself or uh, get ready for that moment? Um, you know, God's going to stretch and use us, but a lot of times only when I accept some things. And the, and the first thing that I've got is I've got to open my heart to his guidance. And uh, what I'm talking about is, man, if I, I've got to know what he says. I've got to let him decide how I feel about something. You know, I, I may have my own feelings and my own passions and my own uh, convictions, but that doesn't mean they line up with what God says. And I've got to let him guide me. I've got to let him change my heart. In Psalms, David says, Lord, tell me the, 
Tell me your ways. Show me how to live. Guide me in your truth. Teach me, my God, my Savior. I trust you all day long. And David's saying, I don't know what I'm doing. I need guidance. I don't know where I'm going. I, I, I need somebody to help me understand uh, how to feel about this, how, how, to, how to be like you. You know, he says, tell me, show me, guide me, teach me. Is that the kind of attitude you've got um, when it comes to letting God use you in ministry or, or letting God use you to serve somebody? Is that the kind of attitude, the openness? Are, are you really opening your heart or is it just closed off? Um, you know, I, I just, I, it, it can be really hard to ask for help, right? You know, uh, I, I have a, and Nicole sometimes will say, why don't you just let me do this? And I'm like, well, I don't want you to. I, I can figure it out. I'm a man, you know. Um, you know, or asking for directions, that kind of stuff. Uh, but in, in Autoglass, now that I'm installing, uh, windshields, there's several times that I have to humble out and ask for help because there's just some cars. You know, you're working on a Porsche, you know, a 2019 Porsche. It's a little intimidating and it almost forces you to be humble and ask for help. There's things you don't want to break. There's things you don't want to destroy. And uh, one time I actually did, uh, I was cutting the windshield out and my knife got into the A-pillar on both sides. And uh, so we had to pay for those and that was not fun. But, and you know, sometimes you learn into, you, you learn by trial and error. You learn by, by your own screw-ups. Um, but there's some things you just can't do by yourself. You know, like moving, you know. I was thinking about, you know, I was talking about the Wilders in the teacher's service, and they moved recently. And I, I said, well, imagine having to move all of your belongings to your new home by yourself. No, God put people in the kingdom to help you. God put people with you to help you. And he also wants you to know that he's in your life to help you and guide you um, when it comes to your heart. In James chapter 1, it says, if any of you needs wisdom, you should ask God for it. That's just so plain. But we don't ask, do we? We think we can handle it. We think, oh, my wisdom's enough. I got it. It says, uh, He's generous to everyone and will give you wisdom without criticizing you. And I thought, how many times have I heard, man, that's just a dumb question. You know, I'll ask, you know, something, I don't even know what question, but I, I tend to ask dumb questions sometimes. Or I won't ask questions because I think they're dumb. Uh, and you've probably heard, you know, um, there are no stupid questions. I was looking that up and I found quotes where it said, there are no stupid questions, just stupid people. And then I saw another one that said, there are no stupid questions, just stupid answers. And I was like, man, people are kind of ruthless, you know, and, and you, you know, whenever you ask a question somebody thinks is stupid, they may have a reaction that you're not going to like. They're going to be kind of upset with you or maybe they're going to say something dumb. Um, but I found this, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you think this is funny or not. I thought it was hilarious. But uh, there was this note on a coworker's desk that that these guys found whenever they came to work, and I think it was after like a Christmas break, you know, New Year's and everything's over. Um, and there were five bullet points, and this is what it says: it "says for anyone trying to talk to me today, first, break was good; two, Christmas was good; three, I don't have any New Year's resolutions; number four, I'm on episode four of making." A murderer, so no spoilers. And number five, it says, I'll level with you, Linda. I've been drunk for three weeks straight. It's the only way I can deal with my crazy family. Can you do me a solid just this once and walk away before I make a terrible decision I'll regret? 
Good day to you, Linda. Good day. I just thought, man, how many times have I been Linda? You know, I've had to ask too many questions and they, somebody's going to snap. But, uh, but God's not like that. We can ask God any question. He's not going to come down on us or, you know, send hail on us or something like that. Like he, he, he's waiting for you to ask. He's waiting for me to humble out and ask for help. Um, and I just have to do that sometimes. Um, here's another verse in Proverbs chapter three. It says, trust the Lord completely and don't depend on your own knowledge. With every step you take, think about what he wants and he will help you go the right way. And just thinking about this guidance from God. If I'm not asking for guidance from God, then where am I getting my guidance? Is it going to be from a show that I'm binge watching? You know what I'm saying? Like, where does it stop? Like, where's my guidance coming from? Um, it's an important question to ask because wherever you're being guided to, that's where you're headed. Um, so not only do I have to open my heart to His guidance, the second thing I can do, uh, God will stretch and use me when I open my eyes to His direction. And now they sound very similar. And um, but I'll, but what I want you to think about is sometimes God wants to work on my heart and change how I feel about something. Other times God wants to give me direction, practical direction in my life, a nudge to help somebody, um, or just just have me notice a need, maybe in the church. Um, or somebody that I care about. Um, I was talking to my Uncle Danny, and for those of you that know him or even know anything about him, he's he's a big motorcycle guy. He he's got he's got too many motorcycles that he knows what to deal with. Um, anytime I hear that he's buying another one, I instantly call him and ridicule him over the phone. I say, "Don't buy any more motorcycles. You know, it's it's just not worth it. It's not worth your life, man. Uh, but you know, it's it's just uh, it's just something he's into." But I was talking to him, and and uh, he was saying. If you're driving your motorcycle and there's an obstacle in the road, like let's say there's like a, I don't know, a pothole, and you're going 60, and you know, man, I don't really don't want to hit that pothole. The more you focus on the pothole, <laughs> you're going to end up in the pothole. <laughs> he said one time he was, he was dirt biking and, and there was a rut off to the right, and he said, I really don't. He kept looking at it, and eventually he just went into it. And the more, whatever we focus on, wherever our eyes are, whatever we're, focused and like our center of attention is that's what that's where we're going to be going that's where that's where we're going to end up um here's a verse in second corinthians chapter four it says so we fix our eyes not on what is seen but on what is unseen since what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal what are your eyes fixed on what are you focused on what are you looking to whenever whenever it comes to being stretched or being used by God, are you looking to what God wants? Or are you so focused on something that's temporary, something that's not going to last, something that, if you were really honest, you're wasting your time with, it's not going to amount to anything. Are, are you going to focus on what God wants? Um, the older I get, the worse my eyes have become. Um, my Nicole's already shaking her head. Uh, it's, it's become where I'm not driving at night already. And uh, and maybe it's my stubbornness. I don't want to get glasses. Uh, well, I used to wear glasses every now and then. You probably remember that. But my kids broke all my pairs of glasses. So if I wear them, now I've got the, the one ear, you know, and the other one side just like flopping around. So sometimes if you go to a movie with me, you'll see me sneak them on, uh, trying to not be noticed. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyways, um, my eyes are just terrible. And I've, I've never understood, like, how somebody can be farsighted 
Like not see stuff that's close. Is anybody here farsighted? I just don't get it. I just, I just don't get it. Uh, I, I just, you know, I should be able to see things that are close and not far away. But um, sometimes my, eye, my, my eyes just fail me. Um, you know, there's, there's times I've been, uh, <laughs> we'll be sitting in a lesson actually here sometimes, and I'll be doing this. I'm like, hmm. And Nicole's like, oh, what's going on? Are you, like, is something messing with you? Is, it, is you know, something convicting you? Are you... Or like, what, what kind of thought are you having? Like, what challenged you in the lesson? I'm like, I'm sorry, I just can't see. <laughs> I just can't read the screen. <laughs> I'm not thinking anything. I'm just trying to figure out what in the world, <laughs> what in the world are you saying? Uh, <laughs> and sometimes our eyesight it just isn't it isn't great, right? I actually thought of another thing. I, you can ask Nicole about this too, but I am a, I have a problem, and it uh, involves sleepwalking. And um, anybody that yeah been to a retreat with me or you know you've been to camp with me, there's been an episode at some point. And uh, I remember trying to break through a screen window at camp with my Kiff Marini. Thought I was I don't probably thought I was on drugs or something. I remember I've woken up numerous times in bed with some object like that I'm holding or I've carried into the bed with me at some point. I've I've woken up with a mirror, you know, like, like that or. Or a lamp. And actually, just a week ago, I think I did tell you this. Just a week ago, I fell asleep in the spare room. And if you fall asleep, uh, not on purpose, like somewhere that you normally don't sleep, things just, it's just not a good idea. Um, anyways, I woke up, and for some reason, I, I was like, man, what, something's not right. Like, I, something is missing. There's something that's not right with this picture. I had unplugged the TV <laughs> and taken it off the, the, uh, the stand and put it on the ground. I guess in my sleep I thought that it was going to fall over and hurt some. I don't know. I, I really don't know. Um, I, I've got story after story after story. If if you think of one, you can text it to me, whatever. Um, but it's it's a problem in my life. Okay. Uh, I don't know if it's you know. It, whenever I wake up with knives in my hand, I'll let you know. But I, I'm not I'm not there yet. Um, <laughs> but it made me think of this verse. And I want to read it to you. Uh, it's in Second Peter chapter one. It says, "Do your best to add these things to your lives." To your faith, add goodness. And to your goodness, add knowledge. And to your knowledge, add self-control. And to your self-control, add patience. And to your patience, add service for God. And to your service for God, add kindness for your brothers and sisters in Christ. And to this kindness, add love. If all these things are, are in you and you are growing, they will help you be useful and productive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says this, and this is what really caught caught me. It says, But anyone who does not have these things cannot see clearly. Getting a little hazy sometimes. It says, He is blind and has forgotten that He was made clean from His past sins. You guys, how's your vision? What are you seeing? Are, are, you, is God, are, are you opening your eyes to God's direction? Or are you just sleepwalking? You know, you're you're here, you're breathing, but you don't know what you're doing, <laughs> and and uh, and you can't be helped because you're not conscious. You're just you're just physically here. You know, um, I've 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 done both. I, I've I've been a, I've been that guy who's tried to pose and tried to try to look like I got it all together when really inside, I I can't see God's direction. 
And I'm not willing to let Him. I'm not open to it. I'm just going through the motions. Where's your vision? You know, I, I was thinking about the year's theme. Does anybody remember the year's theme? It's, it's now September. Finding it, right? What have you found in 2019? What have you been looking for? What has God shown you? Just some good questions to be asking yourself. Um, you know, whatever you're looking for is what you're going to find most of the time. You know, if I'm looking for flaws, if I'm looking for failures, if I'm looking for a, for a, you know, to be disappointed, oh, you know, just the church isn't what it used to be. If that's what I'm looking for, I'm going to find it. But, but if I'm looking for faith, forgiveness, if I'm looking for those kind of things in God's kingdom, I'm going to find those too. As where are your eyes looking? Are you looking for His direction? Are you paying attention to His direction? Because sometimes we can be sidetracked. So not only do I open my heart to His guidance, I open my eyes to His direction. The last thing I thought of was, i got to open my hands to His people. You know, it's it, knowing something in your heart and having a conviction and then even seeing what's happening in front of you and seeing that opportunity doesn't mean you're going to do something about it. It's only real when you start letting God use you. It all comes down to action. You know, what's the point of it all if, if you're not really going to let God, at the end of the day, let God use you in a practical way? Um, something we've been doing in the campus ministry, you guys have, maybe you've heard about it, maybe you haven't, but uh, the last couple of years we've been doing this thing called Backyard Missions. And uh, it's it's been awesome. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, what we did was we wanted to go on a mission trip. We, you know, we started thinking, oh man, how can we do this? And the more we researched it, the more expensive we realized a mission trip really is. Like it, it really is. And uh, it, it was hard to find like a place that would just take volunteers and didn't want some kind of huge amount of money from us. Um, and as college students, you know, like Coral said, we don't have a lot. But uh, anyways, it's. It's been a blessing to like, what we decided to do was, well, we can just do our own mission here, in our own backyard. And, uh, so the first year we did a bunch of yard work, and you, some of you guys remember we came, maybe came to your house, or maybe somebody you know, and, uh, we cut grass, we power washed, we did some painting, we did some drywall, we, we did all kinds of stuff. And, uh, and we ended up helping like 20 families, I think. And, uh, some of them were family members that, that are lost. And, uh, and people that we could share faith with. And some of the emotions we experienced, some of the, some of the people we got to meet, um, it was just a really good experience. And, the, and then this last year, we decided, let's, let's not try to invent something new. There's a lot of stuff already happening, and some, some places need help, just volunteers. And uh, so we helped out with Churches on the Street. We helped out with the Hope Center, uh, a few different, uh, just other places. But um, the one that stuck out to me um, on Thursday night of that week was uh, I, I got to go at Churches on the Street. And what Churches on the Street is, is it, it, they have a food truck, and they've got uh, like, like a short bus, and they, they, they take clothes and food and water and anything, you know, there's like med kits and stuff like that, out, out to the homeless. And, you know, I thought, yeah, okay, yeah, the Bible does say something about helping people in need, and uh, I probably should do that at some point in my life. You know, that, 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 that kind of thought process. And even growing up, I, you know, I would snicker or make jokes about homeless people. And, uh, looking back, that was, that was awful. But that night, uh, God was really working on me. And, um, helped me see that there's needs, uh, not just homelessness, but there's even, there's deeper needs, obviously, than that. 
And um, I've actually, Greg, if you want to come on up, I've got, I, I asked Greg to talk about, he and I have been, uh, and, and a few other people, but Greg's been going up for uh, churches on the street and doing some other things. He came out and helped us this last year with building bridges. And uh, I wanted him to just kind of share with you guys, why has he decided to give his life to ministry and helping people? Uh, Nate asked me to come talk how I became involved in the campus ministry. And it kind of goes back to beginning of the year. Uh, I wasn't in a good place, and I was searching for some purpose in my life. And I started reading uh, Rick Warren's book, Purpose Driven Life. And one of the chapters is, or one of the themes is, to serve people and to serve God. And that's one of the purposes he talks about. And in Mark 10.45 it says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give His life as a ransom for many. Uh, I'm not your normal, I guess, college kid. And uh, one of the ways I guess I fit into the college ministry is through my refereeing and coaching. And I work at uh, Duke's Bakery where we have a lot of high school and college kids. And I just felt very compelled to uh, get involved in the campus ministry because I'm around a lot of those age kids, I guess. And uh, college kids to me are exciting to be around. They have a lot of excitement and they have a lot of um, desire to find a purpose in life. And so how did I fit into the college ministry. In Romans one twelve, Paul talks about we will mutually encourage each other by each other's faith. And that's what I want to try and do with the college kids is try and encourage them by getting in there and working with them and showing them my faith. Uh, the other way is in Exodus 17, there's a story where the Israelites are fighting the Amalekites. And whenever Moses holds up his arms, the Israelites will win. And whenever he gets tired, he puts his arms down and the Israelites start losing. So somebody gets the idea to have Moses sit down and Aaron gets on one side and Ur gets on the, Ur gets on the other side and they hold his arms up. And it, so they hold his arms up for the entire war and the Israelites are able to overcome uh, the Amalekites and win the victory. And that's one of the things I want to be able to do for Nathan and Nicole and the rest of the college kids is get in there and hold their arms up and help them by doing whatever. Uh, I went to the Root Beer Riot a couple weeks ago. And if you went to the Root Beer Riot and are not a college student, I would like you to stand up. Look around. Look how many people there are that aren't college kids who came to help out. That's what we need. The other thing is we can pray for them. As you read through the New Testament, every letter that Paul wrote to a church, one of the very first things he said is he said, I thank God for you and I'm praying for you. And uh, this is the last thing I want to tell you that I found from serving with the college ministry is that my name is Greg. And I'm a child of God whose regrets are being erased by God's hope. And in Isaiah 40.31 it says, But those who hope in the Lord 
will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Thank you, Greg. And by the way, that last verse, uh, Greg's always throwing in my face when I say I'm tired. <laughs> but uh, no, Greg's been um, he's been helping out here and there, and trying to get just trying to be involved, trying to be somebody that uh, is useful in any in any way. And um, if you know Greg, he's been through a lot of ups and downs. He's been here for a really long. He's been a part of Greg Owen for a really long time, even when I was a kid. And um, getting to see him find his passion again, find his heart, find his hope, has been refreshing, and uh, and challenging, and encouraging. And um, you know, it's it's really cool to see people that are willing to get their hands dirty. You know, uh, going to churches on the street and 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 and, and uh, Helping people that are homeless, um, it can be uncomfortable. And I'm not asking, I'm not saying to everybody, hey, let's all load up and go to St. Louis or, or even down here by the bridge and help people. I'm not necessarily saying that. I'm just saying it's helping anybody. It can be dirty. It can, you can get hurt. There is a risk. And, um, it can, it's uncomfortable. Um, I was, I was telling uh, the teacher service, I, just a couple of weeks ago, I was uh, down there in St. Louis, and we're handing food out of the window in the food truck. And this guy, he's got long dreads. He's a really tall, um, young black man. He's, he's walking up, and uh, you can tell he's the closer and closer to the truck he gets, the more the more emotional he's becoming. And when he finally gets up to the the window, he puts his hands up on the window. He just kind of looks up and peers in. Starts bawling. His eyes, he's, he's crying. He's got snot coming out of his nose. Um, he hasn't had a had a shower in a long time. And uh, he says, "You don't understand how much this means to me. I lost my mom today, and my heart just sunk. Because I'm thinking this guy, he's already got enough enough to deal with. He's got enough going on." And he's got to deal with this emotional pain. Um, and I, I immediately got out of the truck. I pray with him. We're talking. Um, and he started sharing how he, he until the, like he, all day he'd been thinking about how's he going to end it? How's he going to end his life? And like an angel, this truck shows up the same day that his mom passed. And we got to pray with him hug him. I mean, the last thing somebody expects when they're homeless is somebody to want to hug him or to put a hand on him or to give him, give him attention. And, and get, doing that, getting, just getting in there and letting God use you can be so powerful. And it can give somebody, like Greg said, it can give somebody hope that it's going to be okay and that God's got their back. You know, I, just thinking about that testimony, sometimes I, I miss... I, I underestimate the power of a testimony. But people need to hear it. People need to hear your story. And it can, it can be dirty just sharing your story. Um, check out this verse in Matthew chapter 25. This, is, this really spoke to me in a powerful way. It says, For I was hungry, and you fed me. And Greg knows this verse. We've been talking about it. 
It says, For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in to your home. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you even visited me. Jesus says when we live this way, you know, think what he says in the verse is that when you care for people like that, you're doing it for me. You care for me when you care for my people. When you get your hands dirty to help other people, you're helping me. And guys, when, when service becomes about me, it's no longer service. When I'm giving myself in ministry, the moment it becomes about me is the moment I take a step closer to quitting and giving up. It can't be about me. It also can't be about the person I'm helping. Because what if they cut and run? Then what? It's about serving my Lord. It's about giving myself to what God wants. Here's a verse in 1 Peter chapter 4. It says, The end of the world is near. You must be the boss over your mind. Keep awake so you can pray. Most of all, have a true love for each other. Love covers uh, many sins. Be happy and have people stay over the night and eat with you. And then it says this. It says, God has given each of you a gift. Use it to help each other. And I just talk about, man, all the passions, the skills in this room, the, the desires, like all the, the gifts that God has given us in this room. He's made us a certain way, church. He's made you that way on purpose. And it's not to be dormant in your faith. It's so you can use it for His kingdom. So you can use it to help other people in whatever way that might be. He doesn't want you to abandon the way He created you. You know, oh, i got to change my personality. I can't be passionate about you know, whatever it is in my life. I, I have to give up my hobbies. Like, No, he, he wants you to use it to open your hands. You know, that verse in Matthew 25 just reminds me there's so many needs and not enough hands. And there's always going to be more people to help. And, uh, you know, being on the streets, it, it, it can really, it messes with me emotionally. Sometimes I'll drive home in tears and I'm just like, I just, and yeah, sure, there's some people that are drug addicts, some people that have, uh, you know, maybe they've got a mental illness, um, or they've made some decisions that have got them there. Um, but there's so many stories about people who, Things were going great. A family member passed. They couldn't keep up with the bills. And now they're on the street. And how easily that could happen to me or, or any of us. And uh, I've got to be willing to open my mind a little bit. Because sometimes I make this checkoff list of, man, if, if that person doesn't, you know, if they don't meet all these requirements, then I, I, I'm not going to serve them because they really don't need it. Is that, is that the kind of attitude we're going to have? When it comes to serving other people? Or even serving each other in our church? Well, they've, they've got to figure it out. They can do it on their own. No. Jesus says, we serve each other. We love each other. He says, love covers over many sins. So it doesn't matter what somebody's going through or where they've been. I need to open my hands. I need to be ready to serve. And again, it's not about the campus ministry. I hope you're not getting that from this from this sermon. This is just about the kingdom. This is about the lost. 
Guys, I, I don't know what your passion is, where, where God has gifted you, but if you're not using what He's given you, do it. Because I'm telling you, when you, whenever God stretches you, you get to see things happen in your life. You see things differently. You live a different life. It's just, it's, it, your outlook is totally different. And you get to use your testimony. God wants to use your story in that way. You know, I, I, I got this thought that I, that I want to share with you as we're closing. Um, and again, I, I don't want to bash. Okay, I did not create the uh, get off the bench comment. That was not me. But, uh, and I, I understand it. But I want you to think about something. There is no bench. We like to think there's a bench. It's comforting to think there's some holding period where I don't have to serve. Or I don't, oh, I, I need a break. You hear me? I'm getting emotional because I've felt that way. And then I read verses that tell me the exact opposite. It says, don't give up. And God wants to restore me. And He still wants to use me. I'm ready to cut and run and be done. Say, you know, it's somebody else's turn to get in there. I need to go sit on the bench. But there is no bench. We create it ourselves. And we think it's safe. But really, I'm either in the game or I'm not. There is no in-between. You either are living out your faith and letting God use you and giving yourself or not. And I just want to encourage you, don't get fooled into thinking there's some kind of bench that you can just sit on and God understands I'm on the bench right now. That's not, that's not at all how God feels. You know, I've heard people say, well, I was a leader and I gave myself and I've got nothing left. Or people took advantage of me and I, I just need a break. I need to go sit on the bench. Um, or you know, Nate, you don't, you just don't understand. Like, I served and people burned, like, I just got burned. People didn't, they just took advantage of me. Or, or, I, or I love people and I, and I did my best to give to people and they just didn't even seem to notice. Or I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all used up. i got nothing left. I've said those things. And whenever I realize and I think about it, they're all, all those comments are about me. None of those comments are about the power of God. None of those excuses. None of those excuses are going to help me grow closer to God. And I just want to encourage you guys, God isn't done. No matter where you're at, whether you think you think you can just float by, um, or you're in the game and you're thinking about giving up and quitting, um, God's not done with you. Even in your elderly years, or even you know as you're growing up, God God wants to use you. God wants to use your life in a powerful way. And if we don't open our heart, open our eyes, and open our hands, He has no access. Guys, you know as well as I do, there's, there's people in this room, there's people outside this building, in our area, in your neighborhood, at your work, that are hurting, that need something different. You can see it in their eyes. The only thing I want to plead with you is that you'll, you'll notice. You'll let God use you. Say yes before you can convince yourself to say no. Acknowledge that there's a need. Um, there's a card in your bulletin. If, if you want to get it out, you can. I just, I just want to encourage you. He's not done with you. You know, if you want to write down, you know, this is how I was used before, and God, I, I want to be used again. 
Or God, I've, I've, I'm not even sure where to start. Maybe it starts with a personal Bible study and finding out like what is this all about. Um, I don't know where you're at. I just want to encourage you. God wants to use you. And He cares so much about you that He loved you where you were. You can remember this. He loved you where you were before. And, I, and He brought you out of it, right? And now it's time to use it. It's a gift. And He wants you to use it. Um, I'm going to pray. And then we'll uh, start singing some songs. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank You for this morning. Um, oh, I've tried to ignore... Sometimes I try to ignore Your guidance and direction. And I try to act like there's some bench I can sit on and I can escape... I don't know what I'm trying to escape, if it's responsibility or if it's being hurt or if it's uh, getting my hands dirty or being uncomfortable. God, I, 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 I'll do whatever I can to, you know, sometimes I'll just, I'll, hey, what about you? You can do it. And try to get out of the way of what you're trying to do. And God, I just, I, I just pray I'll be, I'll be more open to it. And Father, that uh, just like in Romans 12, God, that I can be that living sacrifice. That I'll, I'll give up what my life is so You can have Your way. Um, that I'll only be focused on pleasing You. It's not about me, God. G giving myself to ministry, it's about You. And uh, There's no way that I would still be giving myself if it was about me. I would have gave up a long time ago. And Father, I, I pray that Greater Alden can be a church that serves when we see a need, that we jump in, and we're just open to Your guidance and Your direction. We love You. I pray this on Your Son's name. Amen.